Kia Koto and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Get Sexual. I am Alicia and I'm the host of this sexually explorative podcast. Hey everyone, hope you're having a splendid day. It's raining here in Wellington, but I've got an incredible episode for you. Today I have Rebecca as the guest. Rebecca actually lives in sunny Gold Coast. I'm extremely envious of her right at this moment. We had a fantastic bloody chat. Rebecca shares with us some of her stories around self-pleasure circles, foot fetishes, and being a stripper for a day. We also just talk about how important it is to be true to yourself, to follow the path that you want to follow, how we are affected by the lessons we learn around sexuality and being ourselves growing up, and about how we need to take full ownership of our journey and transition to who we want to become. We don't have to be stuck in who we were. We can change and we can become the version of ourselves that we want to be. And I just found Rebecca so refreshing, so incredible, and I really love our discussion. So I know you will as well. I can't wait for you guys to listen. Let me know your thoughts and have a fucking fabulous day. Hey Rebecca, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good. How are you going? Good, thank you. And where in the world are we finding you at the moment? I'm in the very hot Gold Coast right now. <laughs> in my room without the fan on, so it doesn't add extra noise. <laughs> You're basically just going to be sweating up a storm. Yeah, that's all <laughs> good though, because no one can see my face, and so that's fine. <laughs> yeah, actually look amazing I was just mentioning this to me before and I I can't see any perspiration or flushness for me I would be red tomato and I'm envious anyway because I think it's 18 degrees which is hot for here so I should be thankful really it's probably about 30 degrees here right now so god that's paradise oh my gosh okay let's stop talking about weather otherwise (laughs) I'll depress myself The question I'm going to start off for you is what is the sexiest fruit you can think of? Hmm, peach. Ooh, okay. Tell me more. Looks like an ass. (laughs) And asses are fine. (laughs) I always actually talk about how my boyfriend's ass looks like a peach. (laughs) Shout out to the boyfriend's ass. So good. Okay, let's get on to the bit more of a deep and meaningful questions. And let's go back in time a little bit. If you can think of some of the main beliefs that you had growing up around sex and sexuality, what would those main ones be? Well, to be honest, we never really talked about sex when I was younger, like with my family. It's weird because now I feel comfortable talking about it with like my parents, my sister and like everything. But back then it was kind of conservative. So I didn't really have any idea about it. I pretty much had to learn through experiences really. And what I saw on TV, I think a lot of my beliefs were that like if women were sexual or like expressed themselves like that, it was slutty or wrong. And, um, especially going to co-ed school, like when guys like would brag about having sex and stuff, it was cool and they were popular, but with girls, oh, they're the they're sluts and all that. Mm. Yeah. Double standards, eh? I know, double standards lift. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of not really talking about it growing up and 
now you're at the stage where you can talk about it with your parents and siblings. How did that happen? How did that grow within your family? I'm not really sure. I just feel like I got to a certain age and I became more friends with my parents and my sister. We have a lot of things in common. So we went on a road trip together and we just talked about everything and it was cool. So it's just like having a friendship, being able to talk about it. And because I moved um, to Australia when I was uh, a teenager so going back I, I don't really see my family that much we always end up having parties and just having like dms and just talking about stuff and I always tell my mom I'm like remember that time that you caught me sneaking out and all that and then we just like share stuff so yeah it's cool. awesome mm. it's really awesome actually I remember Janelle's episode where we mentioned that same thing about growing up and getting a different relationship with your parents and yeah. it becoming this more adult friendship. And it's actually so beautiful to see, eh? Yeah. And, and a lot of people might find it strange, like the things that me and my sister would talk about, but I was like, I, she's more of like a friend. I, I feel comfortable talking about sexuality and stuff. I don't find it strange to talk about it with family. That's just me. Yeah. I think that's awesome because... yeah. <laughs> It's such a normal topic. We should all be talking about it. It's going to be taboo. And talking about taboo, you mentioned before about a message that you got when you were younger was that women who were sexual or empowered in their sexuality were deemed slutty. Can you talk a bit Mm. about how that affected you and how that affected your own sexuality as you grew up? Um. So, yeah, for me, like, not being able to talk about any of my experiences when I was, like, a teenager, it was hard to know what was right and wrong. And I think I was looking for the comfort and love or attention from guys, and I just believed that you had to have sex with them. I just thought, that's what you do, you have sex with them. And I think, yeah, it affected me a lot. I had really low self-esteem and would get myself into situations that I was, like, not comfortable and, and I just didn't ha- know how to have boundaries. And I think from watching movies and stuff, you don't, especially like American Pie and all that, you know, there's like the way the girls act. And I just didn't know, like I was just never myself. I didn't know how to be. I started off, like I had sex quite young and I just think I was not ready at all. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, you said you weren't yourself. Why did you feel like you needed to be somebody else? Um, I guess I just wanted to fit in and I just wanted them to like me. So, I don't, yeah, it's, mm. just, it's just silly. I guess I was just looking for, yeah, that comfort and, and love. And I've always liked attention, but I just, that is the wrong place to get it. Mm. but how long did it take you to realize that that wasn't the place that you wanted to get it and that you didn't have to have sex in order to receive that comfort and validation it wasn't until I was about 16 and I met my first boyfriend that I went to school with and he kind of showed me how I should treat myself and the love I deserve he taught me a lot and I'm really grateful to have met him because I was on a pretty rocky path Mm. and did you see girls around you did it seem quite common that girls around you were doing the same 
Yeah, I moved schools a lot when I was younger. I went to like an all-girls school, so I wasn't even really interested in boys that much. And then moving to the co-ed school, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, what is this? There's boys. It's all new and exciting. And the the girls and things I was hanging out with, they had already started having sex and they're like, yeah, you should try it. It's fun. And I've never really drunk or did any drugs or anything. And then I just started to um, party. And then from there, it's kind of like you're meeting boys and you're just like, oh, I might as well try the sex thing that everyone's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, are there birds in your background or something? Um, yeah, Australian birds are very loud. <laughs> One thing that jumps out to me a lot is the ambiguity around sexual consent at that mm-hmm. age. I don't remember ever, I guess, caring about my own consent. I feel mm. like it's a relatively recent thing which is terrible like there was rape and that yep. looked a certain way but yes. if it wasn't like rape was in a alley and it was really you know dingy or yeah. something and so there was this really gray area of consent what was that like for you did you feel the same or do you have different experiences with people uh yeah um well a lot of the times i'd have experiences with guys I didn't feel comfortable but I just didn't know how to say no and I was like oh if I don't do what they want they'll say oh you're frigid or you know which I shouldn't care about but back then I was a bit of a people pleaser and it wasn't actually until when I was 16 I had an experience that I didn't realize was rape until a few years later I felt so awful about it I kind of like pushed it down. I don't want to ever think about that because I had been drinking. So I thought, oh, that's like I was asking asking for it kind of thing. And then until I was about 21, I started getting severe anxiety and it all just started like coming up again. And then I looked back and I was like, oh, my gosh, why did I not realise that? Mm. Yeah, it's... I'm and so sorry, by the way. Oh, that's okay. I think that's why I'm feeling quite passionate about this subject now I'm older and work through all this stuff because so many of my friends have gone through these these experiences themselves and it's so common and this is not okay. Like, what do we need to change? How can how can we change it? I know. I, I don't think that people who are lucky enough to not have experienced it, they just don't even understand how prevalent it is it is ubiquitous most women I know have experienced this in some form and actually some guys too I'll speak from I guess I'm a woman's point of view and having mostly girls as my friends growing up yeah your experience is so common and is so sad in its effects if you think about how much we self-blamed and took all responsibility for that and weren't given the tools and resources to understand what happened to us, to take ownership of ourselves and to live in a society which held that shit accountable. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like now people are talking about it more, but back then I would never tell anyone. I I ended up telling my, my family that I, yeah, 
very upset that I didn't talk to them about it. But I was just, I didn't even, I know my self-esteem was so low back then. I really felt worthless. And, and it takes a long time to build that back up again and not rely on other people's love or, you know, companionship to make yourself feel better. Mm, definitely. Mm. Such a journey. <clears throat> when people wonder why you didn't, say anything will come out it's the shame you're so full of shame there's no way yeah because you think you're the bad person in that Mm. and you like you said you think you're worthless so you don't want to highlight to other people your worthlessness even more Mm. Um, and it's and I was embarrassed like yeah you know I wasn't even supposed to be at the place. I wasn't supposed to be drinking. I was doing drugs. Like mm. I wasn't supposed to be doing anything. So I was just like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And talking <clears throat> about the ongoing effects of that, you know, that stuff is really difficult to shift. What mm. are some of the things you've had to do over the years to shift from that mindset of lack of self-worth and shame to actually empowering yourself in this space? I think what has helped me a lot, like it, so all these emotions had come up for me, which I'd kind of pushed down. I was like, I don't want to think about that. That never happened. It wasn't until I started like, cause I used to drink every weekend and that was kind of what I did after work and everything was starting to find my own hobbies and what I enjoyed and realizing I'm, I'm worth following these passions and things. I've always liked singing and stuff and I never really thought that was something I could do. And it wasn't until I started like exploring those other sides. I liked making videos and editing and that made me feel more empowered and I had a purpose to, on, this, on this earth. Kind of thing. That's beautiful, actually, because it's about how you went from that mindset to where you are. And you mentioned before to me about uh, doing yeah. a self-pleasure circle. So what was that and what made you want to go and do it? So I always have a trouble like explaining this because everyone is like what the heck is that it's just is it girl just (laughs) masturbating in a circle like what's going on met this girl who was a sex coach and I just kept bumping into her all the time and she kept going come to the self-pleasure circle like you'll love it and I just thought no I do not want to come to this I don't know what it is it sounds strange and then after about three times bumping into her, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out. What's the worst that could happen? I'll just feel uncomfortable, but I might as well try it. So it's like a girls meet up kind of thing. When we got there, we all kind of introduced ourselves, why we were there, what we wanted to talk about. We did eye gazing, which was really cool, but really strange to do that with strangers. And it actually brings up a lot of emotions. You like see into their soul. I don't know. It was really, it was really cool. Could you just quickly, for those who might not know, what is eye gazing? Eye gazing. So you just stare into someone else's eyes. It's not like a stare off competition or anything. I don't know like the, the benefits of it or like what the purpose is, but if you try it, it's it's really nice and it's really interesting. It's it's quite trippy. And then we talked about certain things we wanted to release, why we had come 
to the self-pleasure circle and we ended up writing down on a piece of paper things we wanted to let go of and then we burnt it. Yeah, it was kind of like how we have full moon circles. I don't know if you have you been to one of those kind of things. I actually um, haven't, but I would oh, like I to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like one of those, you know, you get together with friends and it was really cool. You get to meet new people and just hear other people's stories. We ended up having a lady stand at the front and show her vagina and was showing the different parts and what they're actually called and talking about the clitoris and all this and I didn't even know a lot of this information and I was like Mm. why aren't we taught like our anatomies in school it's crazy fucking no it drives me mad and guys get to see their bits on display ours are all hidden it was very shocking I was sitting there and I was like oh my gosh there's a naked lady like what is going on but yeah, it was fine. And then by the end of the night, the girl put the music on so we can dance, we can like release emotions, whatever we felt comfortable doing. And it was like in like a big hall, we're all in kind of rows on yoga mats. So it wasn't in like a circle or anything. So if you wanted to cry or if you wanted to pleasure yourself, that was also welcome. Just whatever came up for you, you could do that so it's kind of like a safe space for women to let go Mm. of all the crap how many spaces do we get to do that how many spaces do we feel safe to do that Mm. and I think to be naked you didn't have to get naked just you can be clothed whatever you felt comfortable with there was no judgment or shame but if you wanted to get naked and a lot of women hold a lot of shame around their boobs and their vaginas what looks right what isn't right we all just kind of stood there it was a very interesting experience yeah for me there was a lot of tears come up I just felt quite overwhelmed with emotion I was angry and I was bashing the pillow and I, I felt for me that it, I was letting go of something and after I was dancing for a while, I started to feel confident. I was just feeling better within myself and to me it was better than like all the counselling and psychologist sessions and everything. <laughs> yeah, really got to the deep like root cause of all that trauma (laughs) and it moved through you I'm reading quite a bit at the moment about somatic practice and the science and psychological and physical aspects around somatic practice and it's fine to talk about everything and talk about your feelings but they only go so far to release it yeah our bodies actually need to physically release the emotion so bashing pillows making sounds dancing crying laughing like hugging all these things are needed to get to the end of a stress response cycle for emotion yeah we're not taught to do that we're taught to be really rational we're taught to be really in our minds we're taught to talk things through and that's that's fine to a certain extent but I completely understand why you found that next level of Mm. release and liberation Mm. Yeah, like I started learning about that in, in 2018, how our body holds on to trauma and when we get in certain situations, it's it can be all brought up and it's like we're reliving it all. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And so for me, I think they should run more things like this. Obviously, it doesn't have to be like a, a 
self-pleasure circle. It just could be like a dance circle or something just so like a space for women to feel safe and um, be able to share their experiences. You might not realise how it affects you in your day-to-day life. I went to the Spirit Festival in New Zealand earlier this year and I'd never been to one of these before. It was really different, really new. I was interested and curious and I felt when you get to that stage of your life and you're like, I just need to do something a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I went there and they had all of those type of things and there was this one which was a dance tent and it was for women only and she took us kind of to do this thing and it was about releasing all of that pain or trauma or emotion that came up through dance and sound and I just remember I was so angry about all the shit that society had made me do or that made me feel you forget it's latent and I was so angry and I I understand when you said you're like beating that pillow I'm like yes yeah I know and you're just like doing this thing you're like this is strange and then you're like why is this strange it feels natural and then other people there were women in there like screaming and I was just like whoa this is (laughs) so intense. We're uncomfortable seeing it because society says it's uncontrolled and it's shameful Mm. and all of these different messaging so Mm. yeah getting into that space and watching women scream it must have been you had to get through that barrier yeah it's it's good because it put me out of my comfort zone I was like hell yeah I went to this this thing that I was scared about going to and kind of just like unlocked a a level yeah something in my in my mind for me but yeah it was it was interesting but I kind of like led me to want to explore that alternative healing side and Mm -hmm. maybe run my own kind of circles or something in the future yeah, count me in. I'll when when this o- when okay, this opens up. <laughs> when this opens yes. up, I'll fly over. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Have you been here before? <clears throat> yes, I have indeed um, a few oh, times. Yeah. So yeah. I was actually supposed to go at camp earlier this year, and then COVID hit like oh. a week before we were supposed to go over. Bloody so, COVID, eh? No, bloody yeah. damn COVID. <clears throat> but yes, that sounds amazing. I love that. I love that you had this experience and that you realized you wanted to bring other people into these experiences as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I ended up having a couple of friends go to it and they saw the benefits as well. They had the same judgment as me, like what the heck woman just masturbating in a circle. And then I had to explain it to my boyfriend as well. And he was just like, He's like, what? That sounds so weird. And then I started telling him that, like, how it made me feel. And he's like, oh, yeah, I get it, kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I actually followed this man uh, in Australia. He holds men's circles. And, Probably know him. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Oh, my, uh, I think his name Tim Morrison. Yeah. Yeah. I know him. The flute man. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> he yeah. is. His, oh, his, his flute playing is so cool. So good. But I think people need to be held in these spaces and just seeing the fucking release these men go through when they're released from their trauma and their shame makes me want to cry because watching any person in that space is fucking liberating and beautiful yeah yeah i had a friend who also did men's circles as well and Mm. he'd always share about them i think men's ones would be structured differently but to have those two circles and then also have like a mixed one when people feel comfortable. That would be important. One thing I found quite 
difficult at the spirit festival was doing these type of things with men. I realized I wasn't quite there yet, particularly with yeah. men I didn't know. I, I think yeah. I am at a certain space with men I know that I'm very comfortable with and I do eye gazing. Like I, I brought my partner in to do eye gazing. We've only done it once. I really enjoyed it. Have you done it with your partner? I think we've done a little bit, but not, um, no, I think maybe, but I think we should try it again. Cause that's, it's good. Yeah. I think we did it for a little bit, but then, you know, yeah. one thing leads to another. <laughs> yeah, basically, I think that's it because it can be like, that. it's very intimate. It's such yeah. an intimate experience. And I think we just started off by doing a minute. I think there's some research around it. I'm going to have to go find it again. That's something about the four-minute mark is where the real shift happens. But oh. he was like, let's start off with a minute and go from there. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. And it is. It's very intimate and it <laughs> can lead to other things. It is. But I just remember saying to him, and I said to my sister as well, the bizarre thing is when you go and you do eye gazing with strangers, like you said, you basically feel like you're looking into their soul and it's so much emotion come up and you just hold yeah. this person in this space. Yeah. And the fact that I felt like I'd had more intimate connection with a stranger within like a half an hour, hour session than I had yeah. people I'd known for freaking years. It's crazy, eh? I know. I know. Like, and you why can don't we do feel this? their like sadness or something. Oh my God. Like, yeah. yeah. Some it's, people are just like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. It's very cool. It is very cool. And it's very communal. Mm. And I think so many spaces in our life, we are individualized and we forget about the community aspect and the connection. Yes, definitely. Just to be able to get together and how's everyone going? Something like that, even where you just have a meal and you talk about your feelings would be yeah. awesome. I actually used to go to something like that a couple of years ago and you just get together and everyone would chat. Yeah, there's nothing really like that here. No. You're just expected to do life on your own and yeah, kind of sad we- in some ways. You, you go through something and you can't afford to be emotionally, like, depressed and anxious. Like, you have to go to work. You have to keep going. Like, yeah. But it's, it's interesting because those situations are what cause you to get more anxious and depressed. It's this cycle, right? Like, you can't yeah. afford to be it because you need to be out there being productive, hustling, all that shit. And then that shit is what makes you feel depressed and anxious. I notice when I'm at a job I really don't like, it's like the cycle, I'm just sad, so I eat, then I feel gross because I'm eating crappy food, then it's just like, it's just like spiralling down this thing and then I just like, I'm like, nah, I can't do this. Are you like me where you basically, you get into that cycle and then you almost, I kind of pinball out of it or something. I, I go, fuck fuck this, I'm just not going to yeah. work here anymore. And <laughs> yeah. just hand my resignation. Yes. And everybody's like, where Ask are you going my next? family, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Literally sure. every like few months, I'm like, I'm done, I'm not doing this. And then I was like, next one, it's like, okay, this is fine. And I, I think it's just a sign that I need to get out of the industry that I'm in right now. But mm. the good thing about being in Australia is that you get good money so you can work part-time and focus on the other things that, you want to do which is really cool Mm, that's Um, nice mm. that's like the goal right the the balance 
Yes. Yes. Striving for it. (laughs) (laughs) Was that the only self-pleasure circle you ended up doing or did you end up going back to another one or? I think I did two or three. So they're all kind of structured differently. Yeah. I, I can't really remember because it was a couple of years ago. I've been to meditation groups and dance circles and different kind of things like that. I'm really keen to get back into it and I, I'd really like to do sound healing. Mm. So um, Sound healing is fucking That touches your soul. That gets in your soul. <laughs> I, yeah. That was like drugs. It's trippy, eh? I had no idea what I was in for <laughs> my first yeah. time. I was like... What has happened? What the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy, eh? It's so cool. So you want to get into more of that? Yeah, not as a job or anything, just to do, like, maybe once a month, have these little circles, do the the sound bowls, or Mm. I'm not sure, I'll just sing. We can all just sing. So I know a lot of people love singing and dancing, and they're like, I'm not good. Why do we have to be good at these things if we enjoy doing them? Let your inner child free. (laughs) I'm so vibing with that. Everything you're saying, I'm just nodding along. I dislike this need to be good at something to do it. Why can't we just yeah. be curious? Why can't we just enjoy the sensation of doing something? Yeah, exactly. It's It sucks because it ruins a lot of opportunities that people might want to take and they're like, I'm not good enough. And Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's like life's not about being good at shit. Life is about doing stuff. It's about just mm. being Oh, it's yeah. just so much pressure. I, I love it. I think that would be awesome doing it like <laughs> once a month. It makes me want to move to, yeah. <laughs> to the Gold Coast. And well, the money, the money is good. <laughs> Absolutely. One day. You One should give day. It a okay. You mentioned to me that you tried out being a stripper for a day. Talk to me more I about did. this. Okay. Well, 2018 was my experimental year of yes. everything. So I had a, a few friends that had been stripping and they were talking about how good the money is and they only work a couple of days a week. And, and at that time, I think I was working two or three different jobs and just hating all of them. and <laughs> Just like, what am I doing? I feel like I wasn't getting anywhere. And I wanted to earn good money so I could focus on the things I actually wanted to do. So why not? Just give it a try. So I kind of scoped out a club to go to in the Gold Coast. And um, with a bit of liquid courage, I was like, okay, let's do this. (sighs) So I had a a friend give me some of her old outfits and heels and everything. I just went to a club and had an interview and he's like, do you want to start tomorrow? And I was like, sure. And then the next day I went there. And I think I got there about eight o'clock and I was so nervous. I felt like I was going to vomit because I was just so anxious. And I was like, what am I doing? Just run now, like leave. I remember getting there and he made, like I had a pretty cute outfit to wear and he made me wear this really weird dress thing. And I had curled my hair and I looked all nice. And he's like, no, I don't like that. And like changed my hairstyle. I was not happy about that. And then you have to choose a name for yourself. So I chose Bella. (laughs) And I had a girl kind of show me what to do and how it all worked and certain like dance moves and everything. And it was just so intense. I couldn't even believe I was there. I was like, what little old me? Like, what am I doing? (laughs) 
but anyway, yeah, I ended up being there for about six hours, I think. It was a pretty quiet night. How did it feel? I mean, you said that you were overwhelmed and it was like, fuck, I'm here. What the hell? How did it feel yeah. as the night transgressed? Well, because you're allowed to have a couple of drinks, so I got one of the guys to go buy me a drink. But I didn't know how to act because my normal acting, I'm kind of one of the boys. So I went up to some of the younger guys and I'm just like, hey, guys, like, what are you doing tonight? And then I'm just like awkward, like dancing. And I'm just fucking like an awkward turtle. And then every half an hour or an hour, a different girl would get on stage and dance around the pole. So I got up and had my my, um, chance to do that. And I love that part because I was just like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just felt like I love dancing and it just felt more natural. But the talking part was so awkward and I didn't know what to say. And I just knew that for me, if I was going to do that as a job, I'd have to drink and yeah. stuff just to get through it. And I was just like, my mental health could not deal with that. Yeah. How were the other women there? They were actually really nice. I was like scared they were going to be bitchy or judgmental, but most of them were really lovely and helpful. It was quite strict the way it worked. I didn't realize it worked like that. So you have 10 minutes and you have to talk to a, you know, a potential client and then if he's not interested, move on to the next. And there were so many rules that I was just like, I can't even remember what the heck I'm doing. How I much just... did you have to pay to the people who like wrote own or ran the place? So if you work there four nights, you would get whatever money that you take in. I think it was like 20% or something that you give them. But if you work there three less than three nights, you have to pay a door charge of $50 to get in there. Each time. um, Yeah. So you have to work, have to work four nights and that'd be long nights. They could be like 10 hour nights and, you know, walking in those giant shoes. <laughs> yeah, it'd be exhausting and especially mentally exhausting because you're putting on a role for these people. You have to kind of see what they'd like and act a certain way. And I don't know, it did not feel natural. And uh, yeah. Yeah, you were like, no, I'll I'll make money yeah. elsewhere. Like, I take I take my hat off to strippers, eh? Because yeah, it is they're amazing. It's... Oh, it's such a difficult. I don't think people realize how difficult it is. Mm. And so I love yeah, that definitely. you went and gave it a go, and they're like, no, this doesn't vibe with me. But it just it does make me realize how amazing it is, and how society just looks down on it so much, and there's so much stigma. Yeah, around it. it's funny because people look down on it, but they also pay for the things and I'm like oh, well, yeah. someone has to do do it like oh, I know just, I know yeah it's it's really interesting and how would how did you find the clients um that club was basically just young guys all on drugs <laughs> although actually like pretty pretty friendly like there was no one really being rude or anything but yeah it's for some people, they might find it like empowering. They're making good money. They're working for themselves, um, well, kind of for themselves. But for me, I don't want to act a certain way mm-hmm. and like be someone else. That yeah, I want yeah. to be be able to be myself. Didn't feel authentic to you. No, but I'm I'm glad I gave it a try. Afterwards, I, I got out and went and just ate heaps of 
fries and <laughs> just went home and I'm like, eh, I guess I'll try, whatever. Because <laughs> it is really mm. difficult just to get yourself there and mm. then have somebody change everything you're wearing and what you look like and having to change your name. It's bizarre, but so, so, so cool to give it a go. <laughs> yeah. But you were like, no. So what did you say to him? Did you, were you just like, sorry, not um, coming back? I called him the next day and I was like, not for me, but thank you. He's like, okay, bye. He was just not phased. Yeah. It would happen all the time. Because there's an idea of it, right? And I don't think you can even know if you're going to like stripping until you go and do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You said you had friends and things in the industry. One thing I've heard is that depending on the club, (laughs) some of them push for you to become like a sex worker slash prostitute within a certain amount mm. of time. Have you heard that from your friends as well? Because I'm not sure if the Australian industry is different from New Zealand because prostitution is legal here. I I never heard of my friends or anyone I knew doing that. So I'm not too sure. I guess like that would probably end up happening for some people if they were alone with a client and they're like, come home with me. But you at the club I was at, you weren't allowed to give out your number or do anything like that. They're pretty strict. So, yeah. Mm. Cool. Okay. All right. Now moving on to the, the next oh. exciting thing oh, that you want to talk to me about. I want to hear about the person. I hope my mum doesn't listen to this. <laughs> no, if she does, she'll know her daughter has had amazing experiences. She's living the life. Like this woman incubated you for nine try. months. <laughs> yeah. Just give giving it a, it a go. Yeah. Exactly. My uh, recent guest, he said he doesn't give things a go just once. He gives them a go twice. Just to see, just to make yeah. sure. So sometimes yeah. you got to do it. Sometimes you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so the foot fetish. Let's talk about fetishes. Foot fetish. I love fetishes. Uh, so let's talk about foot fetish. We call, uh, I called him Mr. Shoe Man. That was his name. I didn't even know his name. Um, okay, so this was another very random thing that I wasn't really looking for, but it just kind of happened. After I did the stripping thing, I was like, okay, I'm going to sell these shoes. I'm never going to use them. So I put the um, shoes on Gumtree which uh, is like trade me mm. in New Zealand and um yeah I put them on and the guys like okay I'm gonna come pick them up and then I was like oh yeah all good got and the guy came to the door and he's a short man I can't remember where he was from and he just told me what he was looking for it was so random he's like I'm looking for someone I would like to massage their feet and I'll give you money I'll take you shoe shopping and my old mind would have been like hell no that's so weird but back then I was just giving it a try I was like okay yep that sounds interesting. And I told my roommate at the time and she was like, yeah, just why not? So I ended up getting his number and he took me shoe shopping and he's just like, get whatever shoes you like. And I'm not even a shoe person. So I was trying to find some that my, that my friend would like. And it was just so strange. And when I look back now, I'm like, what the heck? I would never do that now. He took me shoe shopping and then he would massage my feet for money. So, oh my god, we used to have to pay for that shit. Yeah, I know. It was just like I thought it was at the time. Like I just found it kind of funny, and I was like, "Whatever, you know, you want to do this." And I didn't feel uncomfortable. I wasn't like I him. I talked to him, and my roommate had also met him, so I wasn't getting like that bad gut feeling or anything about him. I just thought he had had a strange fetish, and Mm. yeah, so he would just do that and. Was he Always bring me food. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was fine. I'll just oh. be watching TV and I was like, bring me snacks. 
Yeah. Because at that time, the girls who were doing stripping and stuff, they were also, some of them were dominatrix. Yeah. Dom, doms. Yeah. Um, so I'd share about what they'd have. Like, they might have a cleaner come and clean their house and mm. that's all they'll do. So, and they'll pay the girl to clean their house. And right. just, I've heard of those. Yeah, I yeah. really need to get on this shit. I need someone to bring me snacks and massage my feet and pay me to do it. Clean my house and pay me to clean my house. It is interesting, eh, to, to know mm. the the kinks and fetishes that are out there for people. Yeah, and he told me because he was in the army, so he always was in control and he right. just wanted to do something for other people and that's mm. just what he likes. So I was just like cool whatever and I think he had come over twice and then after a while I was just like okay I'm over this now I think I got to a point where I just wanted to get a normal job yes <laughs> yeah I guess might not be able to put on your CV that no, <laughs> no yeah might be, might be a bit of a strange one <laughs> hey it would show that you were adventurous and yep. open-minded Yes, you know, and can yeah. negotiate, can negotiate yeah. snacks. Look at that. <laughs> All this Bring me food. Yeah. <laughs> but um I think with that though, it's also you just have to be really careful. Mm. Like a lot of these things can sound really really glamorous or fun and like, oh that's easy money, but yeah, so be careful because there are a lot of creeps out there and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's, you're not going to be lucky with every person. So it is about mm. doing your homework a bit and letting people know who, who you know and things if you want to try this. But yeah. I think it's cool if there is a market for people who want to do this and there's people who want to receive it. I think there's a lot of fetish in particular around foot fetishes. There's this, yeah. people laugh about it a lot, but having a fetish is not something you can help. Yeah. And I don't and, think if it's not hurting someone or, Yes, exactly. And it's consensual. Yeah, then that's fine. I think there's a lot of apps and things now that you can find people. There's one over here called Fet Life. Yes. Which my friend always raves about. Oh, yeah. I've actually heard her experiences on that one. uh, I've heard a lot of shit things about Fet Life, actually. Yeah. I went on it just to kind of take a look. And then I started reading stuff about how there's a lot of abuse on it and that it's not monitored that's, yet. Yeah, that's not good. And I think there's a lot of racism and ableism uh, and transphobia and things on it. So I've heard yeah. that a lot of the community is getting a bit sick and tired of that shit. Because, yeah. Yeah, fair enough, right? Like you want a safe okay. space. Like people going into FetLife are there because they want to find a community that is safe and supports them and is interested in the mm. same things they're doing. Oh, that really sucks. I don't know any other kind of apps that would I know. be good or, but like it sucks if people are looking for something like that and then there's other people just ruining it. It's also like with um, Tinder and all those kind of things, there's always going to be that dodgy side. I think it's just yeah. people to keep in mind if they're going to try things. Yeah. Just to have their boundaries in place and if something doesn't feel comfortable, then leave follow that and yeah follow your gut instinct guys definitely. yeah I I know as somebody who overrode my gut instinct for most of my life I try mm. more and more to tap into it because it's amazing how right it is yeah and even if you want to experiment and like meet up with people my first thing would be go out for coffee like yes that's like the easiest way you can meet them we can kind of discuss what you're wanting that's true public space daytime mm. 
yeah kind of non-committal yeah yeah I like that that's really amazing so how did you how did you feel after all of these experiences like 2018 was definitely a year for you I feel like I was proud of myself for putting myself out of my comfort zone because I've always been like a comfort girl I've just do whatever's easier or whatever mm. but yeah, I was glad I tried different things and I realised what's for me, what's not. I can take certain things away from different experiences. It was just cool, especially the South Pleasure Circle. have met a lot of people from there that I'm still friends with now. That's really awesome. That is and I, that I can share with other people about my experiences and just to be cautious and to think why you're doing them. If it's all the Sometimes when you're just doing things for money, you're still kind of left with a bit of a empty feeling. Yes. Mm. I think that's, yeah, you're right. I think we've got to stop making everything need to be about money. Money is mm. great at, in terms of the fact it makes the world go round. We're living in a world that abides by the rules of money. But I think do things also for enjoyment. Basically, yeah, where your energy goes, energy flows. Oh, intention, where your intention, intention goes, energy <laughs> like, flows. Yeah. Right, that's it. That, I was like, that, wait, <laughs> that makes, yeah, that makes yeah. more sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I always would try and make all these things work and I don't want to do these things. I'm doing them because I think I need to make money, you know, but then the stuff now that I'm working on that I feel because I'm passionate about it, the the manage manage manage. Oh god. It's the manage. Money, manage, manage manage energy and money. I love it. The money energy. <laughs> yeah, the manage. Yes. Yeah. It'll just Yeah. And I think when you are unhappy but you're earning a lot of money, you just end up spending it as oh well. Oh my god, yes. Because I knew someone she was stripping and she was earning crazy money. But she just spent it all because she just wasn't feeling good. But you, you yeah. do try to fill the hole. Yeah. And lifestyle creep comes in. People who yeah. earn more money and then suddenly they get bigger houses, bigger cars, more expensive hobbies. One, because you can. But two, because yeah. you realize often that you're not any happier. In fact, sometimes you're less happier because you have less time, you have less space to spend with people you love and care about. You might not be in a thing that you love to do and then you just try to yeah. avoid with shit. Yeah, exactly. So, mm, but yeah. So I think that's great. I think it's so cool that you did all these explorations. And do you, yeah. like do you think it created a foundation of even more growth over the last couple of years? Yeah, definitely. I think because I was quite close-minded and I was a little judgmental of other people. It's just kind of opened my mind to this whole other world and I don't know people. I don't know their life. Why am I judging them? And and just to be not afraid of other people judging me as well, just to be able to talk to you about this mm. is really liberating. And It sounds like you've just opened yourself up to experiencing even more things that you feel aligned with you mm. yeah it was and are there any other experiences you think that you're interested in having or want to have I mean you've mentioned a couple of them like the sound healing and maybe more women's circles <laughs> the answer I wrote for that <laughs> I just want to try anal one oh day. my god yes so I presume from that you haven't tried anal well Okay, so 
I've had, oh, how do I say, the first time it, the first time it wasn't consensual. So oh, shit. for right. me, okay. yeah, so that kind of related back to the, the trauma and all that. Right. So for me, it would be kind of like liberating for, to be able to do it and feel safe and comfortable with someone I love. Mm. So me and my partner want to try one day. Yeah. But there's no rush. Absolutely not. You've got a lot of life left. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a really yeah. difficult space when it's steeped in, in the past and trauma and trying to find mm. that ownership and liberation in it. It's a journey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but it is kind of like a, a big joke when people talk about butt stuff. It always seems to be so funny, but I don't know, people should be able to talk about it more and just feel comfortable. Yeah, definitely. I'm lucky enough to have had, well, I guess actually my first, I, don't, I can't even remember if it was my first experience of anal. Um, yeah. do, my first time remembering the experience was when I was very drunk and it slipped in. So oh, I didn't, I didn't ouch. know it was happening. I, I mean, that's my oh. first memory of it, but it could have happened before. And it was, I don't remember anything bad. I just, it didn't actually hurt because I was so drunk and I was having sex. Oh, no. I, I remember it because I was just super yeah. open and I loved my yeah. partner at the time. I was very lucky. I had a really loving relationship. So yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. And mm. I just remember like enjoying it. And so there's been many times throughout the years over the last like I don't know 15 years since then that I have not enjoyed it because I think people really need to understand that each time you have anal you might not enjoy it um it yeah. all depends on your psych where you are psychologically or uh, physically yeah. and it has to be like a I feel like it not that I have like good experience but from what I hear from other people, it's like a process. Like it's not just how in the pornos it's like, oh, and oh. you go. It's like, <laughs> come on, guys, come on. Like it's a fucking process. Yeah, <laughs> and you gotta be gentle and be loving. Yes. Like, yeah, with I any <laughs> any parts. Yeah, yeah. although it happened to me, I don't recommend people just like shoving it in and doing it accidentally because sometimes it's not an yes. accident. People use that as an excuse, and that is just not yeah okay. You need to that is have a conversation about it and make sure yeah everybody's comfortable because it is. I don't think people realize who haven't. It is quite traumatizing, even if it is consensual and it doesn't feel good. Like it, it's it's yeah. really, it can be super painful. So it can yeah. be super fucking amazing, and I think it's about that space where you feel comfortable enough like you said go slowly and take it as it comes and see and i would really recommend to anybody who hasn't tried it or want to try it do missionary butt first. Plugs. Oh. Not, oh, well, oh yeah i'd recommend butt plugs and vibrating <laughs> ones are amazing yeah oh <laughs> get a those. and yeah that's they are so good but yeah i used to always think that you had i don't know why i used to think you always had to do anal doggy style and yeah. when I found out that you could do anal missionary, and I remember the first time, it was so much better. Like, oh, because so you can better. kind of like choose how yeah, you can slow guide and, it. It doesn't, uh, yeah. it doesn't seem to hit, like, I don't know, the same kind of spaces. It doesn't seem, yeah. it doesn't feel as deep either. I think there's something about uh, that. Oh, yeah. And there's that, there's that connection between you and that person in terms of you're looking at them, you're checking in with each other, you're, you know, yeah. there's that, that eye contact that's happening. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's interesting. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Well, neither until so, I tried the second one. I was like, yeah. ah, this makes sense. Cool, cool. <laughs> that's, yeah. 
But okay, well, your first, I mean, if you wanted to give it a go, definitely recommend a good butt plug because they're a really great way of getting used to it. So we'll use a butt plug when we're having penetrative sex. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, and your body I'll gets used to, um, to check them out pleasure. yeah just yeah. check up there's so many types now there's like one yeah tails <laughs> i know yes i know like, i actually showed that to my boyfriend i was like i should get one and then he's just like that would be cute but i'm like it's so, so random i'm going with the tail out of you well i was reading this i follow this porn star and he wrote this little um kind of excerpt around kitty play i think that's what it's called and mm. yeah, I was like, well, I guess that's what they're perfect for, right? Like animal play. Oh, so you're pretending you're a cat? Yeah, so they pretend oh. they're a cat and it's a, hey. supposedly quite a big thing. There are people who love to do animal play and those are perfect for Sweet. it, I guess. Sweet, yeah. Wonderful. No judgment. That was, no judgment. I, I, yeah, I've seen that on some show. They were like dressed up as different characters. And yeah, like, yeah. Sweet. Whatever gets you going, right? As long as people yeah. having fun and enjoying it. Yeah. And Why I not? Feel like there's so fun. much more to learn about stuff. That yeah, and don't learn into. don't learn it from porn. Oh my god, no. I Especially know. Pornhub. They're dodgy. They are so dodgy. And that there's so much unethical porn on it. And I don't think people yeah. realize, realize yeah. how shit it is. Like you should be paying we should be paying for this shit. If we're engaging yeah. in porn, we should be yeah. paying for it. It's a, and I know that free porn just fucks it up for so many people, but Yeah. If people realise the people that they're watching could be hooked on drugs, they could be sex trafficked. It's not to say they are, it's just that people might and they're not being protected that well. And yeah there are better ways to support sex workers yeah Yeah. and underage exactly exactly completely i've stopped watching porn for this reason i was watching Mm. something and it just popped up to the next video and the girl did not it did not look consensual and i just felt like so triggered and so sick so i googled about because i've known about sex trafficking and i googled the statistics about like pornhub and other porn Mm. websites and i was shocked there's no regulations there's no checking in there's people suing pornhub who know that there's underage girls that are being trafficked on there and they're just letting their videos play and if like being a big corporation you should have you have power to make a difference so I know, it yeah. makes me sick because I'm all about sexual yeah. empowerment and I think ethical porn is, is in that space, right? Yeah. If, you, if you're engaging, like there are porn stars who fucking love it and I love that they love it and that is their job. It's all they want to yeah. do and we should be paying them to do it because we are engaging in their content. Yeah, exactly. And that's but, why I'm <sighs> people having OnlyFans and stuff. Um, if you're wanting to watch someone, you could subscribe to someone's OnlyFans and yeah. let you know you're supporting someone who wants to do it. They want to be there and they're enjoying their own body. But I just, I wouldn't know what to recommend, like, with, like, ethical porn. Like, there actually, there's a big market for it now. There are actually quite a few. So I might put them in the show notes for this for people to get engaged. I think people yeah. who are dubious about this, you need to go and look up the stats because it is it's so prevalent and it's so sickening. Yeah. And mm. if we watch it, we are supporting it as bystanders. Yeah. And actually, we're not even bystanders. Yeah. We're, we're participants in it. Yeah. You're getting off on someone's... Like yeah pain pretty much and it, it, people always think like what can we do but we have so much power 
just where yeah. we put our money and where we put our energy and our time, we can change. Completely, completely agree. Things. So I will put some of the show notes and people will check it out. And just remember, like, you go and spend money on coffees and shit, go and spend money on your porn and sex workers. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, they're shaking their booties for you. Exactly. <laughs> You're getting your enjoyment, like, paid yeah. for the entertainment. Yeah. Why do you think being open to experiences like you've had and opportunities is so important? I think it's important because, like I was saying before, to get yourself out of your comfort zone and seeing, like, what you like and what you don't like. And just trying new things can open up other opportunities for you as well. I think that can resonate with a lot of people. You actually don't know what you don't know. Like you said, you weren't as open-minded to things until you did the stuff. You probably felt like you were. And until you get curious, until you engage in things outside of your comfort zone, you actually don't know what the next level of you even looks like. Yeah, exactly. And I know a lot of stuff has led on from that, making me want to study how sexual trauma or trauma from when you're young, how it affects you in your day-to-day life and your relationships in the future and problems that we have from when we're younger show up in our relationships now and we're all just like reliving stuff without even realising it and putting like our crap on someone else when we can learn how to work through it. Absolutely. And we feel like we're stuck in this forever. And it's actually like, no, there are tools that you can learn to move outside of that. That is so freaking wonderful. And I am so grateful for you coming on and talking and sharing your stories. Thank you. And do you want anybody to know where they can find you? I know you've got the Instagram handle. Are you quite happy for people to follow if you if they want to? Yeah, sure. Follow my Instagram. Cool. Um, so everybody, that's her.creative.expression, and I'll put it in the show notes so people know as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, just that one. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been really fun and, like, I'm good so to glad. chat about things. Yes. Ditto. Like, I've really enjoyed it. 